Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. So the verse this morning is Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Blessed is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Bruce. Hey, it is good to see everyone again. Um, yeah, thank you. It's been good. I want to thank you uh, for all of your prayers and your well wishes. I believe you, they make a huge difference. Uh, so many of you uh, sent cards or came by and helped shovel snow and and just did practical everyday things that that made a big difference and Lori and I are are so grateful of course again it's just another example of the community in Community Covenant Church and uh, it's wonderful to be the recipient of, of the love and the community that this church offers as I know many of you uh, have experienced the same thing and so just wanted to thank you for that. Uh, having several weeks away from the pulpit, there have been many able and capable and competent people who have come here and have preached and have brought God's word to you. Our New Year's Revelation, Jesus uh, 2018, where we're looking into God's word and just looking at what the word of God has to say about the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Some things we're very familiar with, but other things perhaps uh, we've forgotten or we didn't know. And so this entire year, uh, we are committed uh, to becoming familiar and better acquainted with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we look through the Word of God and and learn uh, about Him. But uh, there have been several that came and, and they stood here and they brought you God's Word and uh, I am grateful that we are a church, again, that has been blessed uh, with many capable uh, teachers of God's Word. And it's good to hear God's Word uh, from multiple voices, isn't it? Uh, the perspectives uh, that the Holy Spirit brings uh, are different, uh, and we hear them differently when someone different brings them. And so it's been a good stretch uh, and uh, we've had an opportunity to hear 
Today, as we prepare for communion, I wanted to share some thoughts, some things. Um, as I thought about uh, New Year's Revelation Jesus 2018, I, I just want to share a brief uh, homily, a communion message. And I want to uh, couch it uh, in uh, my recent experience. Uh, most of you know that uh, on the 27th of December, I had a total shoulder replacement surgery. Uh, and that's no small thing. Uh, they, they actually go in and they cut the, the ball off the humerus bone and then they uh, drive a new stem into the bone and attach a stainless steel ball. And then they go and they put a new socket in. They take out the old one, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, it's like the bionic shoulder. Now, I can't arm wrestle you today, but give me a year, all right? And uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But um, it's a good thing, you know, as you prepare for surgery and you have the surgery, when you see your doctor afterwards, what he described to, to Lori and me was this. He says, you know, when I got in there, he said, the best way I could describe it, it was like standing at the plate and having someone throw a fastball right over the plate. I just knew I was going to knock it out of the park. He said, if there was ever a candidate for this surgery, it was you. He said, in fact, the ball was practically worn flat. And it was filled with, with bone spurs. And it was coming out of the socket already. If that weren't enough, you had a partial bicep tendon tear. I'm like, wow, I'm going to get my money's worth. <laughs> it was great. And so he went in there, and there was lots and lots and lots of things uh, uh, to repair. And uh, man, did he repair. Uh, but I remember waking up from my surgery, and uh, after a, a, a stint in the recovery uh, section, being brought to my room and... Um, after a while, just being there by myself and laying there and thinking to myself, okay, uh, what do I do next, right? And uh, I hope this isn't too graphic, but, you know, there are bodily functions. And uh, you have this thing called a bedpan. And, and uh, of course, you know, I'm right-hand dominant, so I'm grabbing the thing with my left hand. Well, the, the bedpan with my left hand. <laughs> I'm grabbing the bedpan. <laughs> The bedpan with my left hand. And uh, yeah, I know what you're thinking. And I'm trying to, to just get things lined up right, you know. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I didn't land the plane. I crashed and burned. And uh, I mean, I made a mess. And I'm just laying there. And I mean, it's just humbling. And you press the little button and the nurse comes and... And you, you kind of, I just remember that feeling when I was three years old and my mom had, had put me in big boy pants and I had an accident, right? I mean, it just took me all the way back there. And he said, don't worry about it. We're going to fix you up. It happens all the time. And I must thought, oh, man, you know. And he got me out of bed and he walked me into the bathroom. And he said, why don't you just sit here for a while? We're going to clean things up and we'll get you back in bed. And, and so there I am in the bathroom, right? And uh, <clears throat> as I'm sitting there, uh, just kind of waiting, you know, for him to clean things up, uh, 
uh, there's a patient down the hall who really is having a difficult time and begins to scream and and just there's a lot of issues obviously with this person they were in a lot of pain I don't know if they'd fallen or what had happened but everybody went there okay and uh, so there I was uh, sequestered uh, in the bathroom and uh, minutes went by and you know five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes 20 minutes and and it was like they had forgotten I was there because they were so tied up with the needs of this other patient and I wasn't feeling good and, and you know uh, the little machine that, that that measures your blood pressure and and of course your IV goes through it and your pain meds and it you have to wheel it in with you right well, I'm sitting there, and it's like, I'm like, okay, when are they going to come and get me? I'm ready to go back to my bed. And, and all of a sudden, the thing starts to go beep, 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 beep. And I'm just sitting here, I'm just like, no. And so it's echoing in the bathroom, this beeping machine, because the battery's gone low. And I'm feeling miserable, and I'm, what am I going to do? So, you know, it was two days after Christmas, I started singing Christmas carols. I did, really. I was sitting there singing Christmas carols. And then I ran out of Christmas carols, I started singing hymns. And I, I sang a, a repertoire of my favorite hymns uh, to, the, to the time of the beep, 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 right? And then I just said, oh, Lord, I began to pray. And, and, you know, we had a Kenya mission team that had left, or I thought they had left. And uh, so I was, I was praying for them. They had been delayed a little bit because um, of some airline issues. But I was praying for the Kenya mission team and, and praying for some of you. And, and uh, I was just, and I thought, and after a while, I go, this is, I mean, it, I mean, it was like a half hour or more. And I go, this is like crazy. And then in desperation, you know what I did? Because I had my right hand, I couldn't reach over and pull that thing over there. I couldn't get to it, right? And it's like, I've been forgotten and uh, swallowed up in the bathroom. Uh, I just started to laugh. There's nothing more I could do but just laugh, okay? And I laughed, and I laughed, and I laughed, and I laughed, okay? And I said, you know what? This is how you turn the water closet into the prayer closet. And, and that's what happened, okay? And uh, that was uh, a memorable experience that first night in the hospital. Now, why do I share that with you? Um, because I've thought about it a lot. And um, it really reminded me of something. Something I think that is uh, germane and applies to our passage today in Mark chapter 2 as we reflect upon Jesus and the kind of people that, that Jesus has uh, come for, the people who Jesus befriends, the people who Jesus loves, the people who Jesus gave his life for. Um, I was reminded how needy I am. You know, I do a pretty good job when I'm well of uh, projecting health and fitness and kind of having it together, uh, as we all do, don't we? 
But when you get beyond that veneer, and it doesn't take much to kind of tip the balance, and uh, you know, you get your equilibrium messed up a little bit, life starts to spin out of control. It can be a work issue, a health issue, a relationship issue, a variety of issues, right, that can come in life. In this case, for me, it's a health issue. And it really strips the veneer away of, hey, you know, I'm okay, everything's all right. You know, that smile we give to one another when we walk into church. Uh, But deep down inside, we're hurting. And things aren't as good as we present them to be. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah? And I was just reminded of uh, how needy I really am uh, and how desperately I need Jesus in my life. I truly do. Uh, And I know that you do too. But sometimes we forget that. And there in my helplessness, in the midst of my pain, uh, and the humility of having messed myself in the bed and being forgotten in the bathroom (laughs) for a period of time with the beeping machine, um, I desperately wanted that nurse to come. And eventually he came. And he got me up, and he helped me, and he got me back in bed, and he reassured me. Uh, And then later on, other people came and took care of me, and then the doctor came and uh, just kind of went over some things and talked to me a little bit about what had happened and what was going to happen moving forward. And I just laid there in bed, and I said, God, I thank you for these caring, loving people. Why in the world would they want to invest their lives in someone like me that's grouchy, um, that's needy, that can't take care of themselves, that's helpless? Why would they want to do that? You know, that's a calling. And I'm grateful for those of you in the medical profession because you see us at our worst and, and you care for us. And I'm grateful for that. I was laying there just thanking God. And then I made the connection, you know? New Year's Revelation 2018, right? Uh, Jesus 2018. Jesus, you do the same thing for me. You know, I'm grouchy. I'm needy. I'm messed up. I try to manage my way through life and I stumble and I fall and and I hurt myself, and, and there I am at my worst. And you know what? Jesus comes, and he says, I love you. I care deeply about you. I gave my life for you. And my life is joined to yours. And you're going to be okay because I'm here. Because I'm your Lord, and I'm your Savior. And I can do for you what you can't do for yourself. And, and not only do I do it, I do it lovingly, gracefully. Not because I have to, but because I want to. Because I care about you that much. And so I was reminded through my experience um, with my surgery and, and my recovery that Jesus is like those people who cared for me in the hospital. 
It's like our passage today. We, we read in Mark 2. In fact, we read in uh, Mark, Matthew, and Luke's gospel. They all have an account of this story. It's the call of Levi or Matthew, okay, one of the disciples, the author of the book of Matthew. And we read about that he was a tax collector. Um, you know, he was a pariah. He uh, was a person on the margins. Um, he was not looked upon favorably. And he would certainly be one that you would not go out of your way to embrace, to welcome, to care for, to show any form of love or grace for. In fact, tax collectors during this time were hated. And as we read, Jesus was going along the seashore and then walking along. And oftentimes there were toll booths in these roads that were places where trade happened. They were crossroads and there'd be tax booths there. And that was likely where Levi or Matthew was. And Jesus calls him. He calls him. And he says, come, leave everything behind and follow me. And Levi did that. Now Luke's gospel, I think, does a better job than, than Mark's of explaining what happens next. It says that in Luke's gospel, recounting the same story, that Levi or Matthew held a great banquet. He put on the banquet for Jesus, right? In his gratefulness, uh, in his joy, uh, in the celebration of the new life and all that Jesus was offering him, okay, the tax collector. He through a great banquet and invited all of his friends, all of his tax collector friends. And among them were others that were classified as sinners, uh, those who would be looked down upon by the religious establishment for various reasons. They were ceremonially unclean. They'd be the last ones you'd see in the temple, okay? Often they were prohibited or excluded uh, from re religious ritual or practice or worship of that time. But those were Matthew's friends. And he invited them because he wanted them to meet Jesus just as he had. Okay? And he throws this great banquet. Well, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law, and what do they do? They see this happening. Now, I know many of you know from study of Scripture and, and historic practice of the time, that when you ate with someone, when you invited someone to your table, that was a very personal thing. That was a sign of welcome. That was a sign of acceptance. Uh, that was a sign that there was intimacy in terms of your relationship with that person. Okay? That there was a connection that, that, that they were in good with you and you with them. And here is Jesus... Right? And he's sitting at a table with all these untouchables, these rejects, the ones that the religious establishment looked down upon and would say, tax collector, sinner, right? Person lying in the hospital bed that just wet themselves. Okay? People that really godly, righteous, religious people didn't want anything to do with. 
And yet there is Jesus sitting among them. And he knows what the Pharisees are saying. The Pharisees are saying to his disciples, why does he eat? Why does he eat with the tax collectors and the sinners? Why does he do that? Why would Jesus do that? And I I love Jesus' answer in Mark chapter 2, verse 17. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor. Do you know that? It's not the healthy that need a doctor. But the sick. The sick. I have not come to call the righteous but I've come to call sinners. People like those gathered around me. That's who I've come for. What an amazing statement. Do you understand what that really meant? Do you understand how that impacted those that were part of the religious establishment who thought they had it all together. They had connected the dots of religious practice and custom. Well-meaning, well-intentioned people. Good church people. But people who had worked so hard at being right that they thought their own works of righteousness made them acceptable to God. So much so that they didn't realize how much they needed a Savior. Okay, But the reason the tax collectors and the sinners and the marginalized people of Jesus' time flocked to him is they knew they were sick. These are people that knew they needed a doctor. Just like I knew, laying in that hospital bed or sequestered in that bathroom. Man, I desperately needed a doctor. I needed the medical care. Okay? So badly that, man, I I was just in all humility. I just said, please help me. And that's what Jesus responds to. Please help me. Jesus, I need you. And that's the good news. You know, as Lori and I in our early 20s began to go to church together, Perhaps like many of you or like some of you that are here this morning. I thought that the Christian walk was all about getting it together and and having things right and, and, and just, you know, hey, you know what? I'm right. And I know the word of God and and look at me. Aren't I a good example of what it means to be a Christ follower? And 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 that's what I thought it was all about. And I looked at people and I thought, wow, look at them and and uh But the longer uh, we walked with Jesus and the longer we learned as we lived in community and church, anything uh, that, that we are, the things that we do get right or the things that are good about us, it's not a result of our own works of righteousness. It's a result of the work of regeneration. It's a result of the work of, of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's not about us. 
We can't take credit for any of it. Okay? It's about every day waking up like you're in the hospital bed and saying, I'm sick and I need a doctor. And Jesus, I need you in my life. That's true whether you've been a Christian for one day or you've been a Christian for 60 years. We never stop needing Jesus. Okay? And his love and his work of grace in our life continues day after day after day after day. And yes, we are transformed. And yes, we want our lives to be an example to others. Let me share with you a few scriptures this morning before we go to communion that really speak of this grace and this hope. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. I love this. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Do you get that? At just the right time, when we were still, what? Powerless. When we couldn't do for ourselves what needed to be done. All right? When we're at our worst, when we're walking and living in disobedience to God, when we're trying to be the God of our own life and rejecting His plan and His desire to be Lord of our life, when we're desperately trying to hold on to the, to the throne that we sit on and say, I'm, I'm the Lord of my life and I don't want to step down. It's then, then that Christ died for us. When we were at our worst, not our best. While we were still sinners, dead in our sin, in our transgression, helplessly separated from God, that Christ died for us. The doctor came for the sick. Christ came for the sinner. And then just two verses later, Romans 5, 8. Look at this. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. See the word that's common in both passages? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not if, not because, not when we had it all together, but when we were at our worst. God demonstrated his love by sending Christ to die for us. Man, that is amazing love. That's good news. Because I can sit here and you can sit there and we can admit and acknowledge and be honest that we are a community of people that have been and are and always will be in desperate need of Jesus in our life, of his hope, of his healing and his wholeness. And like Levi or Matthew, man, because we have experienced that to various degrees in our life, that we want to call others to the table and say, you need to meet Jesus. Come as you are. He loves you. That's good news. And then finally, I love the Apostle Paul 
as he describes his own experience in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And listen to Paul, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. You see, like Levi, who called his friends to the table, you and I are living testimonies, witnesses to the great love of God demonstrated, of his grace given to us when we were helpless, desperate, in need of a doctor. Jesus came, not because we deserved it and not because we had it all together, but because we were sick with a disease called sin. Okay? I know that's not a popular word in our culture today. But it's real. And we all struggle with it. But Jesus died and shed his blood that we might have forgiveness of sin. That we might not only have eternal life, but new life. Okay? And that's good news. And my prayer for 2018 is that we as a community of people who know the love of Jesus, that we would go into our community, into our state, and into our world, and we would share the good news about the one who came, the doctor who came for the sick, for the ones that didn't have it all together, but the ones that desperately needed what he had to offer. And that our lives and our testimony as individuals and as a community will be about Christ's hope, His healing, and His wholeness. I am more committed now than ever before to sharing that good news with people. Because I've been reminded of how desperately I need Jesus.